0: From the verb innovare, which means simply to innovate, to reform, or to change. But what is innovation? It's often tough to define, but we know it when we see it. It's a new idea, creative thoughts, new imaginations, methods, theories, it's bettering ourselves. But we take these actions often out of necessity, so what if we could harness the scrapper mentality, the hustler, the actions of those who are just trying to survive and put it into everyday use? This is my passion project. I've attended some of the world's largest innovation conferences, developed the latest and greatest technology and produce change within organizations who were built on and preach tradition. Now I'm here to help entrepreneurs and everyday individuals make small changes and establish a new normal through new methods, ideas, and standards to change your life forever. I'm Roy Edwards, and welcome to the Innovate Project. I welcome you to Innovate. Yeah, this is where we innovate. This is the podcast where changes is all made. you cannot grow in then you're dying. Innovation is the key to surviving. This is Innovare. where we scared to make that change and create a new way. Uh-huh. If you're ready to learn and sit back and just chill, it's about to get real. This is Inovare. What's up guys and welcome into the Innovare podcast. We got a great episode for you today. It's probably going to be our last episode of the second season as we are going to break into a new season with new topics, new information, and a fresh set of guests. We will have some return guests as well that I'm pretty excited about. But to wrap up season two, which we've had a ton of great guests, I figured how else would we wrap it up without talking about sales, right? We talked about sales pretty much on every episode in Mindset of a Salesman throughout the entire season without maybe you really noticing it. But season two was pretty much all about mindset right and and mindset of a salesman and how we interpret sales is something that has really been a hot button topic of late in, in recent years where salesmen kind of get a negative vibe right they kind of get that that negative attention where we think about people with uh, slick back hair we think about used car salesmen we think about somebody who's just trying to get one over on you but that's not really what sales is anymore right? and I think it is important to note that everybody sells. And so, who better to have this conversation than a man whose last name is Sales? So I uh, I'm really excited about this episode. I've been wanting to have this guest on for quite some time. Before we dive into the episode, guys, make sure you like, subscribe, and review on whatever platform you are using. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, or if you want to just listen at the podcastcom you can do that as well, guys. We also released a One Percent Better book, so that is an ebook it's more of a maybe it's more of a white paper i don't know it's 15 pages of how to reverse engineer your life and get 1% better check that out at innovari now that's the homework so let's get into the guest well let's get started <laughs> In less than five years, Andrew Sales went from being in jail to running multiple six figure businesses with the help of millionaire entrepreneurs who gave him the keys to sales marketing and growth and everything else tied to success. He's the VP of business development for Solus Energy Services and the host of the Sales Tales podcast, where he tells tales of how it all happened. Welcome into the Innovare podcast. Andrew sales what's up my man thanks for joining us what's up man thank you for having me on what's up man so so hopping up into straight into the conversation of sales so like I'm a father of four right and I'm constantly having to sell things to my kid whether it's like food or get in the car or whatever right so but like on the business side of things we all kind of have this negative
1: view of sales but in reality like we're all selling right you know, that, that's kind of funny. And I, I, I think nobody really wants to be a salesman until people realize that everybody's a salesman. You know, like you, like you said, you got four kids and like your kids, I bet, sell you on stuff all the time. And, and they don't even really realize it. I see what my kid, he's six and like, he knows how to play his mom and be like, please. And like, oh, she just gives in. And, and, and so like everybody's salesman. And when you, when you really realize it, you realize how you how you can crush it in sales, and a lot of it just comes down to effort and and learning the fundamentals and playing off it. So how I really personally got the sales. Was I, I always like money, you know? Just to be real, you know, I, I grew up poor, um, but you know, like anybody else, I always wanted more money than I had. So, like, I started off in the coat room in grade school selling Starburst and stuff, you know, a quarter a piece. I made a couple bucks on a on a on a, on a package, and and that's how I got my start. And then I started a lemonade stand. So, I got the sales initially for, for the money, and then eventually fell in love with the process and then after that fell in love with teaching other people how to sell and you know, changing their life because sales have changed my life.
0: Nice, so let's get into that a little bit. Now that we've talked about how you got into sales, let's talk about your backstory. I, uh, I'm gonna be super original. I know this is like the first question anyone ever asks, anyone <laughs> who's ever been on a podcast, right? But in that intro we talked about how you had a five year shift from going basically from one life to the next you know, and so, so what is your, uh, what's your backstory? How did you, what was your, what was your upbringing like? And how did that lead you to where you're at now?
1: For sure. So, you know, I, I did have a good hub- upbringing. You know, my mom, I, I watched her hustle, and that's probably what instilled a lot of hustle. In me, she worked a job, she cut hair um, out of her house after work, and then on weekend she'd wait tables. So, like, I, I related to hustle before I even really knew what hustle was. I, as far as I knew, you just always, you know, found ways to make money. Um, so I, I got into selling drugs from 15 to 20. I was just grew up to be honest. When I was 20, I I got caught. These cops beat me up, took my drugs and let me go. So uh, I actually just assumed I got robbed by some crooked cops. Well, fast forward two years later, I'm walking through a park. I get stopped by a cop and I'm actually not even selling drugs anymore. At this point in time, I'm playing poker full time. And it turns out I have a warrant with a $20,000 bond. So, um, I had some poker money saved up. I bonded out. I got a lawyer. My lawyer said he could get me off of probation by the time I went to court. But you know, I'd probably want to have a job. So there was this guy I knew from the poker tables. I, I reached out to him, and I called him up. I'm like, can you get me a job, man? And like, I, I knew he made good money. Like, I, I knew he was in some kind of sales, but I didn't really know exactly what he did. And he's like, Oh yeah, I just started to be opening an office in St. Louis. So I'll, I'll, I'll get you on. Well. I found out later he called his manager in St. Louis and is like, I got this kid Andrew, he's kinda ghetto, he's probably not gonna work out, but he's my friend, so I'll give him a shot. So like I, I got a beautiful office now. You know, we overlook downtown. You can you can see the arch in the background there reflected yeah. off the window. My personal office overlooks Bush Stadium. But these guys had just started an office in St. Louis and they're meeting in a Starbucks. They don't even have an office. And when I get there, it turns out it's door to door sales selling cable. And like, I don't know shit about sales, but I see all these guys showing me $1,000 paychecks for one week. And at that point in time, that was all the money in the world to me. So I'm like, well, I don't know shit about sales, but I know I'm better than those guys. And I, I just came in and I busted ass. You know, I I didn't have a car in those days. I got dropped off at noon. I got picked up at nine. These other guys would take hour-long smoke breaks, hour-long lunch breaks. I'd, I'd pack a lunch, you know, eat it on the curb in 15 minutes and go back to knocking and you know it took me about six weeks but I finally got that first thousand dollar paycheck and it was a total mindset shift to where like, I had to make a thousand dollars every week I remember I had this one week to where I got there, I was on a good run a thousand dollar paychecks and like I only made like 600 bucks I'm like I don't know how the fuck I'm gonna get through the week you know and my <laughs> friends are like <laughs> my friends are like we don't even make that in the week and that's when I really knew I was on to something and so shortly after that I got promoted I was running the office in st louis i got promoted again i was in a regional manager type role i was traveling around the country training building sales teams um but this entire time i'm on probation so like, i i'm a young sales dude in my early 20s i'm, I'm i think i'm cocky and untouchable so like i'm, I'm missing probation appointments when mm. i do show up to probation appointments i'm, I'm tested positive for marijuana oh. it, it, <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, in 2013, they finally touched me. They, they uh, revoked my probation. They put me in a rehab program in St. Louis County Jail for uh, five months. And like, I'm in there with people that are like smoking crack and shooting heroin. And I'm like, I smoke a little bit of weed, you know? <laughs> but uh, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because the entire time, all I did is read success books. I read motivational books, sales books, personal development books. And when I got out, I hit the ground running. My friend had started her own company. She uh, made me start at the bottom because door, door-to-door is kind of a small world. A lot of us know each other. Uh, but within two weeks, I was running an office in Columbia, Missouri. And within six weeks, I was running offices in Columbia, Missouri and across Wisconsin. Well, our, our client at that time, they had recognized my name from before I went to jail. And they're like, why isn't this guy running our offices in Florida? Because I had been, you know, because Florida was like the mecca, a door-to-door at this point in time. It just warm all year long. They had like five or six offices. So I got offered a promotion to go to Florida, run five or six offices. And, you know, my first chance to make 100k plus in a year. Well, full disclosure, I grew up pretty poor in the middle of South St. Louis. But the girl I was dating at that time grew up pretty well off. She grew up on a golf course outside of St. Louis. Her, her dad drove a Porsche. Her and her mom drove Benz's. She told me to pick between her and the job. I picked a job, <laughs> I, uh, I went to Florida, uh, I'm building my empire down there, I met my current girlfriend, we had a baby, my ex saw on Facebook that had a baby with another girl, and called my PO and told her I was working out of state because I was flying back and forth for probation appointments every mm-hmm. month, yeah, so in 2015, I got extradited from Florida, I did six months in jail again. When I got out, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do a bunch of traveling because my kid had just turned one and I had just spent half his life in jail. So I ended up uh, reaching out to a guy who became my mentor. I, I found him on Facebook. His name was Bill Rowland. He ran that very first sales company I worked for. It was called 2020 Companies, and he sold it for $150 million. And I, I just shot him a message, Power Social Media. He I shot him a message, and he and I was like, hey, man, I don't know you and you don't know me, but... I just want to say thank you. Before you, I didn't know per- anything about personal development, but I worked for your company 2020 and it taught me a lot. I-, I just got out of jail, but I spent the whole time working on personal development. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do big things. And kind of long story short, he took me under his wing five years ago, maybe five and a half, six years ago. And I was in 2015, 2016. And uh, he um, helped me build a door to door company that I-, I ended up making about 100, 120 grand off of a few years in a row. Then he helped me start a healthcare company that I scaled to the point in, in 2019 that I scaled to the point of making about 50 grand profit every month. And then we had to shut it down due to regulations, uh, government regulations training. And that's what led me to solar. And my mentor, me and my partner, and we started this company in, in, in St. Louis together in, in 2020 or early 2019. And here we are today. You know, that's kind of what led me to, to where I'm at. Kind of a long story, but uh, it's the full story. Nice, man.
0: And so that journey, right? So I'm going to bring it all the way back to the beginning. We went through that journey and and during our pre-show conversation, you had talked about knocking on doors and how that makes you who you are. And it was a great intro to sales. And so I've never knocked on doors, right? I've Mm -hmm. never done anything close to that. The closest thing that I did to knocking on doors is like waiting tables, right? Which is not the same thing at all. But that's the closest thing that I got to it, right? (laughs) So like what are the benefits that you see in terms of of knocking on doors and how did it shaped like who you became as a salesman?
1: Man, that is a really great question. So like, I, I think knocking doors brings champions like A, because you get so many opportunities to fail and it sounds kind of crazy. But opportunities to fail are huge because if you if you fail and you evaluate yourself how you can get better, it's not really a failure, it's progression. So, like, if you have it in your mind that no matter what, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to knock 100 doors, A, just by getting in front of that many prospects, like, I don't care what you're selling, you're going to find somebody who's going to buy from you. As long as it's a good product. If you're selling some shitty product, then, yeah, nobody's going to buy <laughs> yeah. Find a good product. But um, if you if you take each rejection and each reason, no, and evaluate how you could get better and, and find mentorship, you, you have all those failures to get better on. So that's that's why I think door to door is so huge for learning is you, you can get all that repetition in. And then it's, it's also, in my opinion, sales in its purest form. You know, mm-hmm. you are knocking on somebody's door, selling them something on the spot that they didn't expect to buy today. You know, nobody sits in their living room and says, like, man, I hope this dude knocks on my door and sells me energy or cable or pass control, whatever it is. But you show up and you do that. and You run through the sales process. And it's it's such a beautiful sales form when when somebody is really able to hone it in. that You can take those those aspects that you learn in door-to-door and apply it to any other sales process. You know, the attention getting, the lowering the wall to relationship building and, uh, you know, learning to follow up and building value and, and all those things. It goes on to anything you do in life.
0: So you just said a buzzword that I'm sure everybody listening is probably like, yeah, lowering the wall. I know what that means. I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so break down, <laughs> break down lowering the wall for me, or like what the, some of the other words that you just used there, right? So like for
1: sure. So lowering the wall, man. That's a good question. I love talking about this stuff, and I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. So like, naturally, people have a wall. Because we love to buy, but we hate to be sold. But like we live in, especially in this digital world, like everywhere you turn, there, there's somebody trying to sell you something. You can't even scroll to your Facebook without Facebook trying to sell you some shit, you know, like it, it's, it's just the world we're in. So like people naturally have their defenses up. And like as a salesman, if you come across looking like everybody else, sounding like everybody else, you're you're there that you're never you're never going to get past that defense that they have up so uh, i always try to find ways to to just lower that wall or get people to lower that wall and open up so like for example um you know if I, if I if i'm knocking on somebody's door and like right now like um you know i have teams out generating leads for solar and it's like it's one big question people be like oh what are you selling because you know like that yeah. that's their that's their wall because they can easily say not interested and, you know, a, a lot of people will say, oh, uh, uh, we sell solar well, with us. Oh, no, we're not selling anything today. Um, we're just doing an install in the neighborhood. So we're handing these out and, you know, we give them a brochure and, you know, it's like, oh, OK. And they look at the brochure. Well, now they feel like they're not being sold anything. They think it's just a guy handing out brochures. And, and that kind of dropped the wall down because now they're they're looking at something and, and it's like, yeah, have you guys ever thought about having solar here? And then that segues into actually scheduling an appointment with them. But we were able to drop that wall by coming across as, as something a little bit different. And uh, it's all about pattern disruptions, you know, like people, they operate in patterns. Like if you if, if somebody knows a door to door guy is going through their neighborhood or, or gets hit by the neighborhood gets hit by door to door dies. when they hear the door knock they're going to be like i am not buying today i am not buying today but if you can disrupt that pattern it's, it's huge and we do the same thing actually with our our solar appointments to where we we ask a few questions that that break that pattern because when you sell higher ticket stuff like solar these 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 systems are anywhere from like 30 to 50 grand right mm-hmm. and these people they they booked appointments, they're interested in buying. They know somebody's coming out to sell them solar, but you know for a fact, and you've probably been there yourself before, to where like the whole time they're they're like the hour before, they're like, This guy's coming, but I am not buying today. I'm mm-hmm. gonna to do my research, I'm gonna talk it over with friends and family. I, I don't care how nice he is, what kind of deal he gives me, I, I am not buying today. And they're they're running that 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 thought pattern through their head over and over again the entire time you're coming. So like they're, they're they're just preparing themselves to tell you no because they, they they you know some people just don't have the balls to just to say no flat out they got to psych themselves up There's most people, but mm-hmm. they're they're doing that so one of the very first things we do is we ask you know three questions right when we get there, um, you know how much do you know about solar what has you interested in solar, but then our third question is why'd you buy your home, mm-hmm. and it kind of it kind of throws them off because they're like why does this dude care about. You know, we buy my home and and they're, they're generally like, oh, we like the neighborhood, this or that. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, you could have bought any, anywhere, you know, like that's cool. But why buy a home? And, and then they're like, oh, well, it's just cheaper than written. Exactly. That's how I like to relate solar to people. You know, like right now you, you bought your home because you figured out paying rent, was just burning it every month and, and paying into, you know, your mortgage was an investment. It's the same thing with solar. You're renting your electricity when you could buy it. And then it just kind of it shifts it shifts the conversation back to solar. But I've been able to disrupt mm. that thought pattern from I'm not buying solar from this guy. To, I'm not buying solar from this guy today. In the very beginning, to why'd you buy your home? And you got to think about something totally different. And that's kind of a, a little trick to drop the wall in a you know door to door quick fashion and then like a a longer term sales cycle like solar.
0: Yo, I love that. So I I I've been running into this, and this was something I was going to ask you until you just you just dropped that little piece of nugget where you're talking about that oh we're gonna relate we're gonna disrupt you with a question and then relate it back to the pitch so i I, we do like technical audits where we help people out and we help them utilize like their their platform whatever platform they're using hopefully it's microsoft and we help them like develop processes and automation and like all this stuff right and so Mm -hmm. coming from the government world we're like you generally like when you're talking to the government you say we're gonna audit out what you got (laughs) <laughs> right, we're going to take an audit and we're going to look at it. And so like in the commercial space, we started using that same verbiage and the commercial people are like, Oh, we're not ready for an audit. We're not there yet. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. why are all these people confused as to what the hell audit means? You know, like you would, you're telling me where the stage you're at. That's the stage that I'm at too. We're just saying different words, you know, we're just like yeah. where you're putting these blockers up. So I, I love that where you're like, you ask that question to relate it in a way that they can comprehend out, you know, because in your pitch, you might've done the same thing and said, Hey man, you're just buying your electricity when, you know, instead of renting it, but you're presenting it in a way where they figure out the answer instead of you, you presenting the answer. So how much of sales, like how much of other types of sales do you use that? Like now you got me down this like rabbit hole now, man, where it's like, (laughs) like how much of it is helping them come to the conclusion in modern day sales? Cause you think of like older sales and it was more of like that, you know, the slick back car salesman, the typical, you yeah, know, pushy yeah. salesman stuff, right? Where people nowadays are more educated, they're more, you know, Google, right? I can Google anything these days, right? So so how much of yeah. that sales process is helping them come to the conclusion before you present it?
1: The the, the whole process is is to be honest, you know, and, and that's that's a a big part of to where like if you present the the product right, and you have to have a good product to back up what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just lying to people. But like any product, I attach myself to. I I do my research. I make sure it's the best on the market and competitive in, in one way or another. And you just present it to a way, or it's a no brainer. And if you do that right, people are going to ask you to sign them up for for whatever you're doing. And it, and it just it it all starts with following a, a process like i i don't teach a sales pitch in, in any of my trainings you know um if, if you need and, and I, I if you need a, a word for word thing to follow like in my opinion like you're you're not what i what i'm looking for now what i will teach you is a process to where like all right this is how we open up uh here's five or six ideas of how to open up like you know uh, hey we're in the area doing some work okay because of this or that you know here you go or hey did you talk to your neighbors about what's going on oh great i am just here to inform you 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 can figure out which one works best for you but you got to get that opening to catch their attention right away and then you know as to, to who you are why you're there and what you're doing so that, that's the three things you, you generally need in a, in a quick opening any type of opening who you are why you're there and, and what you're doing and you got to have in a way to get people's attention from there you transition into the fact finding. You know, find out how you can help them, and and the it based on is based on what particular product you're you're selling. But you know, if I'm asking if I was selling cable, I'm finding out how many TVs you got. Do you have phone? Do you have internet? You know, how many devices? If um if I'm selling solar, you know, I, I'm trying to get an electricity bill. I'm finding out how old your roof is. You know, questions that I need to to sell you on on any product. If if I was selling, you know a software to, to audit a, a company's books, you know, I'm gonna figure out, you know, how many divisions of your company do you have? Um, you know, do you have an accountant? or so that I'm gonna act fast finding questions. And then from there, you, you have the the present, what I call the presentation part of it. And, and that's really where you're honing in on what they have right now and, and what you can do for them and, and why it makes sense. And if you really build your value really well in this presentation part, which you should be able to do, if you done, if you did your fact-finding, your questions right first, when you transition into the close, you're probably not going to get too many objections, and they're going to be asking you to sign up. But then if we're being real, if you do get some objections, the majority of, of products only have between five and eight reasons why people tell you no, and you have a few canned responses to each one of them if you overcome that objection. Explain why it's, it's a bullshit objection. Go for the close again. You keep moving down that line. Most people just, most salespeople that fail just lose lose confidence somewhere through the process, whether it's in the opening, the fact-finding, the close, the overcoming objections, or maybe it's a longer sales cycle and they lose they lose confidence in the follow-up, which is a, a huge part of sales. And you know, I always say, if your product's good, a lot of if you follow up, eventually they're going to buy. With solar, everybody buys from us. We keep following up. You know, we, we close the deal. That was one of the first ones I ever ran when we started this shit back in September 2019, and we just closed them you know, at the beginning of this year because we followed up, again, followed up again, followed up again, followed up again, and they became a customer. But you know, it does not cost us anything but a phone call to follow up. So it's, it's all about buying into that sales process. I know that was kind of a long answer to your question, but uh, I hope it gave you some details. Yeah, no, dude.
0: There's no such thing as a long answer to a question, right? <laughs> like I, lo- I love yeah. when people break coming on here and break it down, you know, and, and, and really take a look at the process as a whole, I'm a big process guy. And as you're talking this out, I'm thinking about the way that we run through our sales process and just how jacked up it is. I'm like, man, like we're getting there, I guess, like slowly but surely, the more people that I talk to about sales, I'm like, okay, okay, all right. So you have clear cut, like, it might not be exactly what to say, right? You're not reading scripts, but you're like, in this phase, in this stage of the process, you need to be doing X, Y, and Z up yeah. for your debate or, or interpretation of what that might be. But here's the general outline of what needs to be done. Is that?
1: Yeah. And, and that's what I really teach my salespeople is you have to be able to think for yourself on some level. Cause if I give you a word for word script and you minimize, memorize it. You're going to go out and sound like a robot. Like yeah. I, I don't care what it is, but like what we teach is like, even on our, our solar presentation, we, you know, it's, it's about eight or nine slides and it's like on this slide, you need to cover this, this, and this. Um, there, there isn't necessarily in order it has to be in but I personally believe that if you cover this this and this and this order that's the optimal way for for thought progression you know the mm-hmm. for the make you want to make it easy for the mind to put it together and and the mind likes to string things together in, in a logical type order so if I go from talking about the the roof to the cost of the system to back. Back to the you know having to have it replaced because your roof gets replaced or whatever like that that's not a logical thought progression but if I talk about the roof, ask where you're at you know in, in the length of your roof lifespan and say oh okay well when you have it replaced in ten years you know you're you're just gonna have to pull it off and we can put it right back on you know I I I talk about that in a in a more chronological order that makes sense instead of bouncing around and if you bounce around with your thought process and in, in this in the sales process. It's going to make you lose credibility or make you lose rapport as being an expert. And that's the key is to sound like an expert because you you guide them through the whole process by asking the right questions, presenting the right thing at the right
0: time. So I was in a uh, – I'm on Clubhouse. Obviously, you're on Clubhouse too. That's, that's yeah. how we've been able to talk so much. And I was in a room on Clubhouse where a guy was talking about exactly what you're talking about, that process, that roadmap. And so I didn't know that there were two trains of thought to this. I thought everybody just presented a roadmap to the client and been like, hey, here are steps one through three, four, five of what we're going to go through at a high level and kind of laying it out. But one of the guys in the room that I was with, he was like, I don't lay out a roadmap. Like if you want to do business with me, like I'm the expert, like look at the testimonials, like look at what we've done. Like, And and so as a sales professional, how much do you rely like on a roadmap of like, of of displaying to the customer stages or do you do you not use one at all
1: so are you talking about like a a slideshow roadmap or just like a roadmap with the the actual presentation itself
0: yeah so i guess it doesn't really have to be like a physical roadmap like so yeah we use like a uh it's a word document but it shows like a physical image of a roadmap that says like here are the phases of the delivery that we're going to go through. You know, we're going to go the capture, we're going to go to governance training, you know, like our, okay. our process, right. How much do you use? Do you use one of those, something similar to that? Like you had just broken down talking about ripping, ripping a roof off. Like, do you go mm-hmm. through the
1: actual process of the delivery? So we, we will, you know, we try to keep it as simple as possible, right. Keep it simple. Stupid is, mm-hmm. is the best way. Um, but I, I think you do have to know that roadmap to to, to sound like an expert sometimes. Like you, you never know how much research a person's done beforehand. So I, I want to have that knowledge in my arsenal, but I'm not going to present it to every customer. It's kind of based on where I, I I gauge their their knowledge level to be. Like and and that's kind of what my my opening questions part of that is is doing is finding out okay has is, is this person just scrolled through something on the internet and thought hey I could save some money with solar or is this somebody that they've, they've done that but then they they spent the past two months researching mm-hmm. they know the difference between different panels and who they're made by and you know average install costs this and that they're gonna ask me different type of questions that I want to be prepared to answer but if I if I give that information to somebody that hasn't done that research and they're really concerned of like the hard number costs of Hey, well, how much am I going to save, and how does this work? I'm going to overload them with yeah. information if I'm if I'm talking about the specific panel types, where they're made, and how they're assembled, and this and that. But for that guy that's retired, like 60, and has an entire day to research, I I, I want to have that that knowledge in my mind so when I come over there, I I can I can shoot the shit with them back and forth, and and and, and I I know what he's talking about. You know, it doesn't look like he knows more than I know and 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 that 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 that's kind of the gauge you you don't want to overload them with information you just want to be uh a slight little bit above them you know on yeah. it and just kind of feed them enough to kind of string them along
0: dude i i it never dawned on me that part of it that you're it's information overload like only give out the information that you really need to like why give out more that's just going to complicate somebody i always thought that i was doing them a service to be like look hey this is our process you're you're comforted by me knowing that i understand steps 1 through whatever but what we're about to do but by leading with that you could potentially overload somebody i didn't even think that dude you can yeah. see where i'm at in my sales life <laughs>
1: <laughs> no man it's something that everybody has to go through and and it's kind of funny uh, a funny progression cuz new people in sales really, really, really well, because like, if you don't know anything about sales, all you know is what I've taught you and you have all the enthusiasm in the world because it's something brand new. And then you're here for a couple months and you learn a bunch of stuff and you, you think the customers need to know everything that you know, and then you just start overloading them with information. But the thing is, if you believe in your product, 110%, and you know it's the best thing for people, it doesn't matter if you gave them one piece of information out of a million pieces of information, if it's what gave them, if that's all they need to buy and if it's legitimately helping them. And like I I won't deal with the product that I I don't believe in 110%. And I tell everybody it works with me, you if you're selling something, you should have that in your home when I, when I sold at cable, when I first started, I was fresh out of jail with my mom, but uh, you know, I, I made my mom get an AT&T cable because that's what I was selling. When I, when I, when I sold, charter or direct tv we switched to direct tv it, you know it, it is what it is you got to have what you're selling i, I live in a, an apartment downtown st louis you know so i, I can't have solar right now but it, you know once once i move out of there and you know buy a house that, that i decided you had in the near future i'll throw solar on it without a doubt because a i understand the investment but b i need to have yeah. what i'm selling because you understand the intricacies of it and you're going to understand that that feeling a customer has or that random question a customer has that might get you that one out of 100 sale, but they all add up at the end of the day. So like I, that's why I say, hey, like you, you don't need to overload them with information. Figure out what this particular customer needs to hear to buy and, and give them that much information. If they ask questions for more, answer those questions and close the deal. But don't, don't answer those questions and give them more than they need to know. Give them the absolute minimum because anything else is information overload. They're going to start asking more questions, and then that's going to be more information you're going to have to give to them. And and, and now you're in a never-ending cycle. And, and a lot of salespeople, they don't shut up. You know, you, you answer the question, you go mm. for the close, you shut up. But the salespeople that keep talking, they talk their way out of the sale because they keep getting information. And, it's like, oh, well, I didn't think about that. What about this? Oh, okay, well I didn't think about that. Yeah. What about this? And now you're giving them six more questions, and they're like, well, hold up, hold up, I didn't know about <laughs> yeah. any of this. So now I'm gonna have to go research everything. Call me back next week, and you know, like life happens, right? They're 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 not telling us, you know, hey, you know, I, I don't like you, this or that. But you know, as soon as you're you're done talking to them, they forget about all that stuff. And you call them a week later, they got to research again, and maybe after a couple of weeks, they finally do it but you just increased your sales cycle by like three weeks. You could have just given them enough information to close the sale when you know in your heart, your product is the best thing for them. So, wow. Okay.
0: To break that, the first thing you said down there, you said you started talking about when you were selling AT&T, you, you you used AT&T and um, so on and so forth. I think DirecTV was in there, I believe. And so do you think that you can sell something without being consumer of that product?
1: I think it is possible, but I, I think you will you will never have the results that if you had that actual product to sell and, and like I, I think if you are in a position to have the product you sell, a hundred percent you need to have it or you're, or you're not committed. You don't believe in it. you should find a product that you want to get. like literally the only reason I don't have solar is because I, I live yeah. in an apartment in downtown St. Louis, you know and, yeah. I, and I do that because it's two blocks from my office and it's convenient for my work life home life. But you know, I would have a hundred percent. We do, and anything else I I do, I have, and I I, I try to have everybody in my circle. <laughs> have, yeah. You know?
0: So how how do you sell something that you're not you're not using? You know, like what are what are some? How can you? Because if you're using the product, then you understand. You can connect with the person and say, "Man, hey, like, oh yeah, I have that too, and I have this one, or I we can relate about stories and stuff like that, right? And so how, how can you kind of overcome, like, what are some other ways that you can connect with a product? First off, you have to believe in the product, obviously, right? If you're, we mentioned that, Like, right? If you don't believe in the product, yeah. then what are you doing here? But as far as not being an active consumer of the product, what, like if, so if you're starting out and you're tasked to sell, I don't know, Mercedes or whatever, right? Like. If you're a 20 something year old kid, you probably can't afford a Mercedes. You know, maybe you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But like, how do you, what are some ways that you can go about like overcoming that not being able to utilize the
1: product? For sure. I mean, like the Mercedes example is, is super easy because, like, all right, you're selling Mercedes. Go jump in one, go to the service guys and say, Hey, I want to drive one of these around the lot a little bit and get a feel for it. And like, you'll, you'll pick up that cool shit. Like, I, I drive a Mercedes, and I, I could, I've never sold cars, but I could sell the shit out of a Mercedes probably just because like, I, I love my car. And my mentor had a badass Mercedes that when you turned it, it inflated and, and you wouldn't even slide in your seat. You know, like that, that's some rich people's shit. Like, your, your seat don't even let you slide. Like, that, that's pretty cool. Like, heated, heated seats are, are old, you know? uh, it's so like, you, you'll find. driving around you know just playing around in it and learning or maybe you figure out something about you know the 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 interface that that, that you really like this really cool how it interacts with your cell phone or you know like you, it'll pull up a video conference like i don't know if cars do that but like you'll you know you'll just you'll you'll find something if you if you play with it that, that, that you like you know um you know that if, if, if you if i was selling cable you know go back to that i didn't have it I'd, I'd reach out to the company and be like, can I, can I come down to your office and, mm-hmm. and mess around with the interface and, and see it, you know, selling solar. Um, look at the testimonials from other customers, find out what they like about it, and, and, and it'll help you be more relatable to where you can legitimately go to somebody else. And they say, well, like, yeah, we had this customer and this is what they really liked about it. And they don't even know if it was your customer or not. But you know, they just know it was a customer that that, that really liked it that dealt with your customer, your company. There's there's a lot of ways to absorb knowledge on, on the product if you're creative with it. You know, you can, and, and to be honest, now we we live in such a digital world where you can go on YouTube and probably find yeah. some video testimonials on any related product like yours and, and, and learn about it.
0: No, I love that. Yeah, I because that's been a quite. I didn't make that question up. Obviously, that's like it been a long question that are asked like throughout sales communities that, I, that I've seen, right? Like that's like a, that's a clubhouse con- ca- question right there. Yeah, you know, that's a room uh, title. Sure. <laughs> so uh, do that later. Actually. Right. <laughs> there you go, man. So um, I, I want to get into, I have a couple like things written down here and some of them I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to get to, which of what I sent through to you. But one was uh, that I did want to talk to you about was, so you went from being the sales rep so then growing sales teams, right? And there's a big, yeah. like, not everybody can manage a sales team. You, exactly. You, you get into personalities, you get into human emotion, you get into more than just trying to manage yourself. Now you're managing people. So, like, what were some, what when you're growing a sales team, like, what are some of your key priorities in finding the right people or implementing the right processes?
1: That's a great question, man. And I, and I love that you recognize not not a, not everybody can can run a sales team and, your, your best salesperson isn't always your best sales manager. Yeah. is something I, I had to recognize in, in my development as a, a manager of sales managers and then as an executive, you know. Uh, so the, the number one thing that I, I find when growing a sales team is you, sales is a high-churn thing, you know, and especially my culture. Like, I, I, I have a very specific culture in my company to where it's positivity, Everybody's about leveling up. Everybody's in personal development. Uh, I don't have, to, I shouldn't have to kick you in the ass daily to get you going. Uh, you know, and, and that's our culture. And and not everybody's a fit. So, but I'm always in the lookout for people that that want to be a fit. So, I I recruit everywhere I go for our sales team because we we have multiple divisions within our company. We do rooftop solar, but then we have a door to door division. We have a telemarketing division. So, I'm always talking to people. You know, like, and that's one thing my, my mentor taught me was recruit everywhere you go because you never know who you're going to find that's solid. There's always that diamond out there. It's so like I'll, I'll intentionally go an opposite way home and stop at a gas station when I don't even need gas just so I can go in and buy something real quick and talk to the, the, the attendant. And if they got a good personality, I'll ask them if they like their job. You know, hey, I, I, I can't promise anything, but my company's hiring. I'd love for you to come in and talk to us. We're a solar company. There's a lot of positions available from install. All the way to the sales and back in customer service support. I can't promise anything, but you have a great personality. I'd like to sit down with you and you know see if my partners like you. And you know even if they aren't looking for a job, a lot of people know somebody looking for a job. So I have a steady flow of people coming in for myself, doing that, building my sales team, and then also my entire organization is trained to be on the lookout for for new hires, and they're rewarded for bringing in new hires that stick and work out. So I, I have a re- my my entire sales organization is recruiting with me, and we just have a steady flow of salespeople that come in. So like that's the number one thing is recruit everywhere you go, and if, if you're building a sales team, and it's better to have a waiting list of people to uh, want to come work for you, as opposed to be scrambling to find people because you you had some people quit or you had to cut your your bottom feeders. So I we, we always start with the the ever recruiting, the ever growing mindset. Uh, you know we. We, we have the theory that we, we have more opportunities available than we have managers to run those opportunities because it's true. And we, we take our pick on the best opportunities for that reason. Um, so we always look is number one. And then number two is the culture that we instill from day one. You come in and you you see that this is what we're about. We're here about making money and making personal development. You walk in my corporate office, it's the nicest office in downtown St. Louis. You're looking at the arts, you're looking at Push Stadium. You, you know we're the real deal. And, and that's that's what it starts with. And then you get around our our team and you see it's nothing but positivity and people trying to develop yourself. And yeah, these guys work hard. They don't work 40-hour weeks. They work 60-hour weeks. And a lot of people, the first couple of days, are like, man, this isn't for me. You know, hey, it is what it is. No hard feelings. Maybe you got a friend that wants to do this, um, but yeah, we we start with recruiting everywhere we go, and then we instill our culture, and then we just we we move people up from there within our company, and, and that that's been our key to growth. I love it, man. I love it.
0: So, dude, I could I could chat your ear off all day. I really could. Yep. Like well, I said, let's man. Do it again, man. Yeah, this is like a uh, this is a topic that, like I am trying really hard to get better at. Let's just say that. I'm not a, I don't have the gift of, of, of salesmanship, but I'm i I'm ever improving. So how can somebody find you? How can somebody reach out to you and and, uh, listen into your podcast?
1: For sure. So my podcast is called Sales Tales. It's on iTunes. It's like my name, S-A-Y-L-E-S, Tales, T-A-L-E-S. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. You can listen to me there, I'm on Clubhouse at Andrew Sales, A N D R E W S A Y L E S. If you look me up on Facebook, Andrew Sales, I'm there too. And uh, also on Instagram, really, Andrew Sales is uh, a great place to find me. Shoot me a message, I'll, I'll respond say what's up. Let me know if you like the podcast, and let me know what you thought about this episode on Roy's podcast.
0: Yeah, man, guys, go check him out. His podcast is legit, dude. I've been listening, I've been listening, and I've been learning, and, and uh, I love your podcast, dude. It's great,
1: and it's been a pleasure it's connecting great. with you on uh, on Clubhouse, man. We've been jumping in some. Well, let's let's get you on mine here as soon as I open up. I know I'm going to open up uh, guest appearances in the next week or two, week or two, so let's definitely get you on there.
0: Yeah, man. You say the time, and I I will be there, man. Hundred percent. I can't wait, man. It's been a fun combo.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you
0: thanks for checking out another episode of the inovari podcast you can listen to all episodes at InnovarePodcast.com, on itunes spotify or wherever your podcasts are found if you enjoy watching podcast check us out on youtube for a visual behind the scenes look at all Innovare podcast episodes we have recently released a community of entrepreneurs find us on facebook at Innovare mindset that's Innovare mindset to join the private group of entrepreneurs changing the world until next time guys see ya